welcome to the Creative Marketing Show with your host, Rosh Sillers. Great to have you here. My name is Rosh, and this is the Creative Marketing Show, and we are talking about five marketing skills that you need to have really to succeed in growing your business. And I think these are important marketing skills. And here I'm adjusting my microphone for a moment here. There we go. And I want to kind of dig deep into a few of them, but I also want to... Uh, expand in some areas that I think are really important. I want to share with you uh, a technique that I've been using as of late. And it's one that I had not been using in a, for quite a while or not at the level that I should. And I'll explain that in a few moments. And also Google has announced something that I think is very interesting that does affect your marketing and your thinking when it comes to marketing. So that's all coming up as well as question and answers. I have about four of them ready for us to go. Let's start off with the first marketing skill that I think that you need to help grow your business. We're all about finding your USC unique success combination. And part of that is to grow our business. And that's why we talk about marketing so much on this show. It's so important. And the first thing I think that you need to do and the skill you need to have is to truly understand your customer's problem, their end game. Why is it they are searching for you and have that empathy. Having understanding other people and understanding your customer is such a just a skill that you need some for some people it comes totally naturally. Well, other people need to work at it and to sometimes think a little bit beyond their normal thinking. I find that sometimes my instinct, although I find I think of myself as a relatively empathetic person, I find that sometimes when I start my marketing, starting a campaign, start thinking about different ways to approach the customer. I start off with me. I start off with my product. I start off with my service because I want to tell them how great it is. All the great services that we have to offer and whether it's a product for a client. And then I have to step back. And I need to think for a few more moments about why that person really needs that product or service. Is it a need or is it a want? And sometimes we need to take the risk out of hiring us if you're a creative professional, if you're a photographer, or hiring your company or buying your product. If you can learn how to take the risk out of buying from you, you're going to have a much easier time in your marketing. Hey, thanks for the thumbs up. I always appreciate it. And if you can think of their problems and why, why they have these problems, and then to make it, because look, if you're a photographer, it's a risk to hire you. If you are a marketer, 
it's a risk to hire you. If you have an expensive product, it's a risk to buy from you. And the more you can remove that, the better off you're going to be. And that kind of leads to that one thing I'm talking about that I'm re-implementing more and more in my business once again, because I, I kind of strayed away from it. Not that I didn't understand, not that I didn't care. I just was not implementing it the way I should. And I found a few ways in which I can implement it in my business. And so once you get through that process, you will, you'll have a much better and more effective marketing campaign. Okay, the next skill, the second skill. Learn and love to test and review your analytics. In other words, learn, and, and we talk about this all the time related to the combination code, what works and what does not. What works and what does not work and continuously testing. Be persistent with your testing. Don't stop testing. Sometimes we think, okay, we found the magic formula. No, you may have found a winning formula, but one thing that we know is that it never ends. The process never ends. And whether it's your personal success combination or whether it's a marketing success combination, we know that we have to keep testing new things to make sure we're ahead of that curve because if we get stuck, and that's how a lot of companies start to fail and start to fall is because they stopped, they got comfortable. They're not trying anything new anymore because they've found their formula and that's it. They're done. We, we know that that is not the answer. Be willing to continue to fail. And we've talked about this, understanding failure, and that's become a culture, you know, fail, 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 and break things kind of culture. And there's some truth to that, but it can't be all failure, but you can't be afraid. Marketing is going to produce failures. You're going to fail. You're going to have ideas that you think are awesome, wonderful, great, and it's going to fail. But by doing that and finding out what does not work, you weed that out. And then you find things that do work. But do remember, sometimes you need to go back. Maybe it's just the wrong time for that idea. And you need to go back and maybe try and test again. I found campaigns that did not work so well that ended up working later because Maybe we had built the brand up enough that we could now put that new concept into play. So don't be afraid to continuously try new things and build. Be persistent, continuously test and try new things and review the analytics, what is working, what's not. Look in your, your, your site analytics that you may have. It may be very simple. Where's the traffic coming from? That's a very basic statistic to understand. Where's the traffic coming from and understanding if it's good traffic or not. Another skill for marketing that I think every marketer should have or any person within a business, and if it's your small business, you need to have this skill, and that is understanding basic HTML and CSS code. If you understand the basics of the hypertext language, you, you can you can do a lot with it, and CSS makes it pretty. But if you understand the basics of coding a website, a web page, you're able to implement code a little bit better, put in JavaScript better, make adjustments to a page's test a little bit better. You can try. You don't have to depend on other people to get your, your ideas out there. 
And so you don't have to have a real deep understanding. If you can take it to the level of HTML first, then CSS, which is kind of, it's the code that helps make all the HTML pretty. And then JavaScript is the next level and that kind of makes it all functional. And if you can get into the JavaScript, that's great. But if you can get HTML and CSS under your belt, just the basics of it, the basics under, basic understanding of it, you're gonna be ahead of a lot of people in helping your marketing. Number four. Number four I think is real important too. Writing skills. Learning how to write is so, so important. And continuously practicing that writing and using some tools out there. Hemingway is a great tool to use to check your writing. Grammarly is another one. I use both. I use Grammarly more these days and I use it quite a bit because I used to have more editors around me um, editing work and these days I don't. I, do, I just kind of do it and send it out there and to my own dismay when I find errors later on or when other people do, but I rather put it out there. The great thing about it, this is not a book. Uh, you know, website is not a book. Uh, it's not a magazine. You know, if, if it was a book or a magazine, something that was, couldn't be changed, then I would probably involve more people. But because I, I have tools to help me and know that, hey, I, I, I actually I often go back and reread and rewrite my work online to make it better, especially important work that I do. Understanding headlines, how to create a great headline. That is just amazingly important. I mean, it's important to understand how to create copy that will keep the attention of the reader and keeping your sentences and or your paragraphs short and have subheads and knowing how to break it up so it's easy to read through and even make it very skimmable, but having good headlines along the way you have to bring people in and just stating the fact isn't going to do it. A lot of times you really need to take that extra time to think through um, a headline that's going to get people excited about the topic that you're, you're going to share. And that's a skill in itself. And you, of course, can look at your local grocery store, the headlines on magazines. You can, of course, uh, take a look at some blogs. And in some cases, just take a look at the headlines that grab your attention. And ask yourself, now, why was that? Sometimes it's the topic. Sometimes it's just the curiosity that someone brings to that topic because they've put this headline together that really just pulled you in. Ask yourself, why? Why is that? And that can be really helpful in, in terms of growing, whether it's a YouTube channel or a blog or capturing someone's attention on an ad being able to write great headlines is going to help you win in all those areas. And that that's a huge skill for you. Okay, number five. Number five is lifelong learning. You need to continuously learn, continue to read. Use Feedly. Are you familiar with Feedly? I've been using it for years. It's uh, F-E-E-D-L-Y. And it's kind of like the old Google Reader. Basically, it pulls the web into you. Instead of going to all the blogs, all the marketing blogs um, or business blogs in your industry or niche, you bring them to you. And you just open up Feely and it shows all the latest headlines of what's going on. That is really good. I, I, I'm able to find information uh, that I can talk about on the podcast, on my videos, 
things that I can blog about. I, I find articles that I, I share and tweet and, and put on LinkedIn. This is how I do it. And just by pulling it all in, and the, they're, they're organized in different categories, tech and photography and marketing and all the different areas that I'm most interested in. And I find that really, really helpful. And I've been using it for years, and I'm, I'm grateful that uh, the, the team continues to, to build on that. And uh, it's, it's, it's worth your time if you've not used something like that, some kind of reader that works for you. Now, there are a number of different types, and maybe you have one that you'd like. You know, a lot of times we find ourselves dependent on maybe certain people, which is, there's nothing wrong with that. Maybe on Twitter or Reddit, maybe certain Reddits, groups, subgroups that you like, and you're dependent upon that. But sometimes it's good to have a group of experts that you do trust, and you can put them all together. And instead of checking on their website every day or every couple days, you, you just, whenever they have a new update, it's right there for you to read. And that, again, worth time saving if nothing else. Okay, so uh, one of the things I'm talking about each week is where I am in the growth of my business because I'm digging deep this year to support you to grow your business and we're working together and I'm sharing with you what, what is happening for me as I, I grow the business and, and as I mentioned before, I'm going to share percentages, how much more the business has grown or is growing in comparison to before, as well as um, the various points of my um, my uh, new new areas that I'm focusing on more and more, which I find a lot of people are. It's a big trend over this last year that's really been developing the affiliate marketing element. People SEOs are looking again, especially if you're good at SEO. People are looking again at affiliate marketing again. Uh, they I, I have a feeling there's a point in time, maybe over. 2016 and 17, that people were backing away from that. If you have a blog, there, there may be an opportunity there for you and learning how to rank well. And so I, I, I've been noticing this more and more. So I'm getting more involved again, as I said I would, and I'm sharing with you what's been going on right now. Pretty much status quo. Uh, my big time, obviously, during the holidays was a nice little spike for me, on especially one of my main new websites. And But now it's evening off and, and slowly building back up. So I'll give you uh, a better sense of what is happening. Right now, I have a couple of prospects, new prospects this week, that I'm hoping at least bring one of them on, which will then, of course, increase the digital marketing side. So uh, that, that will be really cool if that closes. Actually, three new opportunities, one related to YouTube. So, okay. Um, something I found interesting, and I think you may find interesting too, as you're looking into your marketing and thinking about what is it that people are doing out there to find information to solve a problem. And Google says, has released this, that Google Assistant will be on a billion devices by the end of this month. A billion devices. Google Assistant is helping people answer questions and solve problems. You need to be thinking how you can connect into that. How can you, how, how is Google Assistant going to find your information as the answer or related to, especially long tail? Because remember, people, when they're talking into their phones, these are long tail questions. 
And so that, yes, yes, it is hourly a lot. Um, and uh, so it's going to continue to grow. Alexa continues to dominate the Echo Dot uh, with Amazon. And the same with Google continues to grow. Now, if you are interested in getting involved in offering, say, skills and say Amazon or Google, I would start with Amazon. As I understand it, Amazon is a lot easier to work with and create those skills and share than it is with Google. So, which surprises the heck out of me, quite honestly. But seems to be the case. I have, I've, I've kind of bypassed it right now. I'm looking more later in the year that maybe I might do that. I have so many other things going on that are working and that I'm also testing. And so I just don't want to, as, as, as important as it is, I'm keeping myself up to date. I think my best bet right now, although I'm not ready, I'm actually going to go through the process of understanding what it takes to create a skill on Alexa and, of course, Google Home and figure out what is the process and, and go through that process, not necessarily offering something right now, but at least I know what I have to do. And of course, then I can, of course, consult my clients and help them a little bit better. So I have the knowledge of the facts, but how to, I think I, I need to actually get my uh, get my fingers a little dirty on that, on that topic. All right, so question and answer time. And if you have a question to, or comment, you're welcome to put that in the chat. And um, if you have, um, if you're catching me on the replay, of course, you can put that in the comments, your questions or thoughts. And I'm always excited to answer questions. And if you have not yet already, it's your first time checking out this channel, this podcast. If you are listening on iTunes or Stitcher Radio or SoundCloud or Spotify, please make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a future upload. Of course, same thing if you're watching on the YouTube channel. Okay, question and answer. SEO. The question was, should I focus on-site or off-site SEO? Should you be focusing on on-site or off-site? And if you've been watching the show for a little while, um, you know that on-site, especially as of last April or May, has taken a big turn. I have I use some programs, um, some pretty geeky programs, although the... I've been hearing about them on other um, um, podcasts, hearing about Quora. And Quora is, is, a, is something I've been using for, gosh, you know, over a year. And uh, maybe it's two years old. And it's pretty geeky stuff. And I think that it, it's rather expensive for the average person to, in terms of a tool, but if you have Ahrefs or something like that, it's in the same category. But in terms of expense, but uh, it's it's really a good tool, and there are a series of tools that come along with it now. It's actually a suite of tools that are really powerful. And so the point being is that on-site SEO has truly, since April, May, taken a big, big jump um, and, um, oh, thank you. Thank you for being here. Um, and, uh, let me, let me say this. If I had to choose one or the other right now, if I have to choose one or the other on-site or off-site SEO, it would be on-site and that'll get you far. I have ranked a lot of pages recently with just just good on-site SEO. Now, you do need to build authority, and the, the more 
that you have the, the more competition that you have, the more you're going to have to consider a little more of a offsite SEO campaign. And that's when you're going to have to get into really technical stuff too, is when this competition is really high. So, but for now, the good starting point for everyone, and this is the good news, and and we've been talking about the last few weeks that are really thinking it is the, 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 the AI is learning and maybe it'll switch again. But again, ultimately, the AI is just looking for patterns that please humans. And quite honestly, good headlines and good keywords, things that keep people involved. And yeah, Scott agrees uh, on site for sure. And then have patience. Yes. And actually, I have noticed, Scott, you bring up a good point. The it takes about six to nine months for a page to really do what it's going to do. You can start ranking within I rank pages in the first day. I mean, I can put it I mean, on a lot of sites and actually I have a site that's less than six months old. It's actually about four months old. And I put something in Google Webmaster Tools. It's like in the 20s, like number 23. Uh, if, if it's a good in pretty good keywords, a little longer tail, but they're ranking. They're in the system. And if you put it in the, if you type in Google, you would find it on, you know, page two or three. That's not going to get you much traffic, but the point being is the, the process now begins. But the thing is, there are many different ways in which that keyword could be found or, or be related to. And keywords, so Google is continuously testing those keywords with other types of questions that may be similar. And it takes about six eight, nine months for Google to really get it right and to really put it out there as, okay, here's, I've heard some people call it its full potential. Um, and uh, that, I think that's a good way to put it. The page takes about six months to reach its full potential, although it may be ranking in other ways. And I see this, and I've seen this for years on my pricing article, where I, I create a new pricing article in February each year for photographers, and it takes about six months for the, the, the new year version to pass the last year's version. It takes about six months. So that's how long you really have to wait to see. But that doesn't mean you can't make adjustments along the way. But you can give it a little fuel by adding some good links. And that's, but you have to be careful and you have to know what you're doing there. And I do that. I do add links and, and have various techniques that are, are very helpful to increase that speed. But as I said, okay, that was a long-winded uh, <laughs> response to on-site or off-site. On-site, okay. Uh, Facebook, uh, should I boost my Facebook? Uh, you know, I'm going to talk about this in my next video. It'll come out this week. I'm going to talk about Facebook and uh, what you sh I think you should be doing and not doing. Actually, I am... I am okay with boosting today. Uh, advertising in general, I mean, if I have a product, I would not, if it's solving a problem, I would not be on Facebook trying to sell on Facebook. Now, if I was doing a webinar, if I was trying to build an email list, if I was trying to help um, with, um, you know, some free information, 
that I certainly, and I, that reminds me, I skipped that one thing I kind of teased with in the beginning. Uh, what is it that I'm implementing? So this kind of breaks, gets into that. So what, let, let me kind of take that step back and answer that question I failed to answer from earlier. And um, so, oh, the question is, what is the specific uh, agenda for the broadcast? This channel is about basically growing your business. Uh, we call it our unique success combination. We're trying to find our own unique success combinations, and we have a code of 7531, developing in what I recommend, seven sources of income, and that could be seven sources within your business, five, uh, five people to support you, around you, to help support you with your business, three processes, and one channel. For a channel could be Facebook, it could be YouTube or Twitter. Um, yeah, five people, yep, there you go in one channel. And you can have more or less, but that's where we start. That's the starting point of which what we work with. And so that's what we do. And each week I am talking about various elements of that and coming up with new things to support and help you find your success combination. We all want to find our own unique success combination and we never want to stop improving what we have, even if we are successful. And that's the focus of this channel. And the one thing that I was bringing to the table this week was the concept that Jay Abraham, um, you, you may like him, you may not, but he's the first person who shared this idea many, many, I think it was about darn close to 20 years ago, maybe, maybe, yeah, close to 20 years ago when I first heard the words risk reversal. And I've really built a lot of my companies around that. Risk reversal. And one of the, I did that with my photography company, meaning I, I switched to the permage pricing system and I told people, you know, okay, so I'm a hair more expensive and they can see that. But if you don't like any of my photographs, you don't have to buy them. That simple. Now I have the confidence and usually most of the time they buy more than the number that they originally suggested because we do a good job and, and they appreciate it and it works out well, but it's a big risk to hire a photographer. So that's why I do what I do. Now you could say, okay, you need 10, a minimum of five. That still takes away the risk. I'm also doing this with the marketing company too. And with the marketing company, I, I'm looking for new ways to help people. And, and I mentioned Quora, and there's actually some tools there, some outreach tools that I can use where I can get a list of all of the people for a keyword, take a keyword, and it'll give me a list and create a web page even in a report on like five of the, I mean, Quora lists like 700 things that would help you, uh, that would help you grow your, your SEO and improve your SEO rankings, but it'll list the top five. And you can give that to the client. And things are changing all the time. So here, Here's something for you to help you grow, show you that I know what I'm talking about and I can take this even deeper. And I've seen this happen where I've handed somebody this report or variations of those reports and I've watched, I, I kind of track their progression and like within a week they're like shooting up, you know, totally improving their presence online. And, you know, some of those people actually come back and say, hey, could you do this for us full time? Or could I have another report? That's when I say, no, you got to hire me. But give them the first one. Let them tinker with it. Realize it's possible. And that's another risk reversal is 
me creating that calculator on my website. I've mentioned a number of times over the last few podcasts, I create this calculator on my website and I show, look, if you put this, give Google this much and we get this click-through rate or actually conversion rate, this and this is what your profit margin is, hey, this is gonna work for you. And in some cases it doesn't, but at least that risk is taken off the table. Risk reversal ultimately though is usually um, just making, you know, give them an opportunity and and take the ri- lower the risk and then once they're in they'll have the confidence and they'll buy more and if you can do that well and there are a lot of ways to go about that and so that's what I'm implementing more and looking at more and more this first month of the year to really improve what I've been doing uh, to make sure that my prospects know that I am a good choice and that is low risk to hire me and the more I can do that the more successful I will be as I grow my business. So applying risk reversal to your combination can be a really great way to grow. Okay, so that was the Facebook conversation. <laughs> Facebook, should I boost my Facebook pages? Uh, yes, I, I am t- because look, one, I'm not using my Facebook page so much anymore. So I'm not big pro Facebook, but if you have invested time and right now, Facebook is showing, you put a post on your Facebook business page, 2% of the people are seeing it. Well, well then look, if you want more of them to see, well then, you know, you're going to have to give Facebook a little bit of money. And if you, it could be 10 bucks, but at least you could reach more of your followers. And you can designate, just show this to my followers, people who like my page, and that's it. So people who actually like you and you want to keep in touch with them. You can boost the advertising again. That is if you have something to uh, offer. And that's where we got into that risk reversal conversation. So Facebook have its, has its place, but it's interruption marketing, to quote Seth Godin. And, and search is more solving the problem. And so that's where I spend a lot of my time. How much uh, to advertise on search? Oh, okay, there we go. So I mentioned the calculator and I have a video to actually that goes through that calculator. You can take a look at that. I, it's, it's, I think it's a pretty good video. And um, if you are interested in looking at how that calculator works, take a look in my archive. It's just maybe about five, five eight videos ago. And uh, you can see how that works. But I, the thing is, you, you need to make sure that you have $750, $1,000, a month and you're willing to do it for a while to really improve that. So if you're, if that's something you're choking on, we say, well, why don't I, can I just try a hundred bucks for a month and see what happens? No. If you want to do that, I'll give you my address. Just send me the hundred bucks. You'll get about the same result. (laughs) Seriously. I mean, don't, don't, don't do that. I mean, you might have more luck on Facebook with that hundred dollars collecting emails from something you're offering free that you can then follow up and market to people via email marketing. That can work out pretty well. But that, that, that again, but the straight up, because search marketing is going to cost $3.55, I have clients that pay $15 a click, but it's the positive ROI is there, and there's no reason why they wouldn't do it all day long and scale it up because they're getting new clients because their product and services are thousands of dollars. So if your product or service is over $500, you're probably going to be okay, um, no matter what you do. But you do need to have enough 
enough traffic coming in to make it worth your while. Okay, next question. Can I have more than one channel? And we were just talking about that. And uh, so, let's see, a port portrait to, f to fail on. Is that the way that, yeah, portrait to fail on. Okay. <laughs> um, fall, uh, to fall, not fail. Oh my God, <laughs> I said fail. Oh my goodness. Um, parse that out for me. How are you? How how do you have your name? Because I didn't say it first time, and then then I would now I just butchered it. Um, so parse that out for me. Um, anyway, taking it this the principle seven five three one. Um, the one is your channel. Can you have more than one channel? The answer is yes, but start with one channel. There's the concept of the omni-channel approach, Neil Patel has been talking about this lately, and I certainly think it's good. You need to have more than one channel, but you need to develop and find that core channel first. And that can be YouTube, that could be Twitter, that could be Pinterest, it could be LinkedIn. But develop a good, solid community on one channel first. Now, it is helpful to have other channels to drive people to, say, YouTube and so forth, but... I feel in the beginning, you're going to find that trying to keep up with too many channels in the beginning, it's going to hurt. It's going to be hard. And you're going to, it's kind of like trying to please everyone. You're, you're not giving enough attention to one area and you're not be developing yourself an expert in one area or in one place. So I recommend start with the one. And once you get the traffic, then start kind of building the others and, and go from there. So yes, you, I mean, all these numbers, the, the 7531, you could have 10 sources of income. You could have five. The, the point is we're trying to make ourselves a little more recession-proof. We're trying not to depend on one source. Even if you are a manufacturing company, having more than one source of income, one big customer even, it, I mean, a lot of companies here in Detroit found that out the hard way. So you, you should have multiple sources of income and five people to support you. It's, it's really important. And then the processes, and we've talked about those things. Okay, that's the end of this show. Thank you all for participating. And look, you know, I'm looking forward to talking with you next week. I have more great ideas. I have videos coming out that, will, uh, that I'm going to start digging more and more deep, deeper into showing you what I'm doing to grow my business and to help my clients grow their businesses. I had a great meeting with a client that I've been working with for a while whose big goal is to uh, make his business a million-dollar company. And you know what? We were just, gosh, a few tens of thousands of dollars away last year. He, he was so close. We're going to do it this year. And uh, he's really excited. So it's through the stuff we're doing here and what we talk about here and uh, I will talk to you next week, Monday, most likely about, what, 4 o'clock. I will set it up for you all so you'll know ahead of time. Again, appreciate the community. Talk to you next time.